This call is now being recorded. Peace world. My name is Reggie. I'm joined with some amazing, amazing people, but enough about me. We're going to get right into this podcast. And the way they do it is amazing. It's great. And it's for the culture, y'all. So we're going to do it like this. Check this out. What up, world? My name is Reggie, a.k.a. Young Reg, a.k.a. When the Red Dot Spotter misses recorded, got <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Swerving Lanes, a.k.a. Gutterball. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Player of the Year, a.k.a. Uchiwali Zerbiak. And this is the This Is Recorded Podcast with a waste of time. It's the real. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening, guys? Hey, okay, bucket list. Checked off, checked off, okay. Uh, so, man, you guys have been, oh, yeah, you guys have been on a roll, working your fucking ass off, I don't know how you guys do it all, and you found time to get on this mini podcast of mine, I really appreciate it, uh, man, it means the world to me, it really does, but, okay, so briefly, no, I I just want to say thank you, we appreciate you, anybody who, uh, who, who, uh, we meet in person means a lot to us. Uh, running into you down in Atlanta was dope. Knowing that you're an up north guy is dope, and uh, we are thrilled to be having this conversation with you right now. Man, it, it like briefly, man, you guys, these dudes are really for the culture. They're really good dudes. I tried to meet them at A3C. I was locked out. I should have been on my renegade shit. Like, hey, I know those guys, but I didn't. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, damn. So, I'm long story short. I'm at the Trap Museum. I see this uh, very, very tall uh, Caucasian <laughs> fellow standing there. So I was like, hey, I think I know him. Let me shoot my shot and go over there and see if he remembers me. He did, man. I met him with Fresh Alina and his brother. It's for real. They really, like, they really pull up. I can't believe you guys the two white guys, Jewish guys that pull up anywhere. Because <laughs> the chat museum is not in the greatest of places. And the lock studio, I heard, is not like where a lot of people want to be messing around at. <laughs> you guys really will pull up anywhere. I really appreciate y'all. These are good guys, man. Thank you very much. That. Thank you. Let me just say, though, the, the Locks' studio is it's fine. Like, it's, the only thing is that it's in, like, um, what is it? It's like a, an industrial it's park. A, it's a warehouse. Yeah. But, like... I could see where it gets a bad rap because if you go there late at night and you're told, yeah, you got to climb up to the third floor, there's no elevator, there's no signage, it's around like all these, you know, sort of woodworking operations, and then you're supposed to knock on this random door, yeah, I could see where that would be taken as like... It's confusing, but I wouldn't say it's it's not dangerous. Well, you know, it depends who you're walking in there with. That's true. Yeah, yeah, because I heard about it. I have no idea. I just heard, like, yeah, the LOX studio, D-Block Studios, I don't know if they call it that, but I've yep. heard it's like, ooh, pulling up there is no joke. Yeah, well, they're, let me tell you something. They, despite what they may uh, rap about during their 20s and 30s, the locks in their 40s are uh, some of the greatest people that we've ever met, and it is a joy and a pleasure to uh, text with them. It is a joy and pleasure to podcast with them, and it is a joy and pleasure to be anywhere around them. And I'm pretty sure it's a joy and a pleasure to have two Jews and two black dudes plug. Uh, really, three <laughs> black dudes. 
because it seems like Jadakiss is always trying to sneak around. He, he kind of enjoys it, but I guess he don't want to commit all the way, I guess. That's right. Yeah. 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 So briefly about you guys, I know about you guys, but to the world, you're two New Yorkers from Westchester County, right? That's, yeah, right correct. outside of, uh, of New York uh, City. It's about, like, 30 minutes up. And, uh, you know, people say that upstate it is not, <laughs> even though, like, technically it's, it, again, like a 30-minute drive. But, it's you know, it's fine. It's just, like, not a place where I want to live currently. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a nice circumstance growing up there. We had two parents who were real supportive of, of our creativity. And um, while they may not have gotten uh, rap music, rap lyrics, uh, rap culture, um, Jeff and I were uh, diving into the deep end with it. You know, we did what we could from afar, which was go on LimeWire, go on Kazaa, go on Napster, download, you know, any mixtape that you could, listen to Hot 97 all the time, um, write our own music, um, you know, just put our creativity into different art forms and uh, read as much as we could from the you know, the pages of Double XL to Scratch Magazine to Vibe to Rolling Stone to, you know, even the, the liner notes of whatever CDs we were waiting on and uh, hoping for the time that we could be a part of this culture in some way, form, and fashion. And, and uh, we, we went in in a, an unconventional way, and here we are 12 years into our career, and um, we're friends with the locks. L-O-X, <laughs> So, your earliest memory of a song, and it's a two-part, earliest memory of a song that really stuck in your head, whether hip-hop or not, and then the earliest memory of movies, since I know both these guys love both hand-in-hand. So, what's your earliest memory, each one of you guys, of a song that you remember here in the, at your youngest age, and the first movie that really stuck at you at the youngest age? I would say um, the first song I remember, and it definitely wasn't the first song, but I mean, like, I remember um, my twin brother Dan buying the single for Boom Shake the Room by Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, Um, but, like, that was also at a time when I didn't really know, I just wanted to buy something also, because everybody else seemed to be buying, like, uh, cassette singles and stuff, and so I bought a Garth Brooks cassette, um, or I had my parents buy it. I mean, like I was, I was like five or something. Um, so like, and I, I never listened to it. I just, I guess I just wanted a Garth Brooks, uh, cassette and then movie, um, blank check was very early on for me, but I'm sure there were other movies like way before then too. But I, I do remember seeing blank check in the theater. Um, I, uh, was, I mean, you know, Beatles records, I think, were something that I would probably have stuck in my head. I'm sure that there was, like, Michael Jackson stuff that was stuck in my head. You know, things that were, like, larger than life. Um, when it came to rap, uh, listen, MC Hammer, um, Vanilla Ice, you know, uh, Tone Loke were, were guys that, you know, had songs that sort of crossed over and were just everywhere. And um, as far as movies, I know that... Um, you know, when we had when we had a, a VHS tape machine, we would have certain things on repeat, like the 1986 Mets Championship uh, VHS tape. You know, uh, which which was storytelling at its best, 
because you're dealing with, you know, 162 game regular season plus all the, the drama with the postseason and everything, even getting to the World Series. And you have ups and downs and, and a lot of, a lot of drama that happens, you know, on, on any, on any team. And that team was particularly just fascinating in terms of all the characters that they had. And, and we would watch that, my brothers and I, on repeat. All the time. All the time. To the point where we knew the what the, the commentators would say. Mm-hmm. We knew what the music cues would be. Yep, Duran Duran. Yeah, whoever. Um, and and there was an excitement in that, you know, and it wasn't even that season. You just watch it and it's like the best, you know, TV series you're ever going to find. Um, so there was that and then there were various other, you know, Disney animated tapes that we would watch, but I think that, um, yeah, and also like Wonder Years and, um, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I think, you know, when we were really finding our own, um, you know, certain comedic things that would, uh, come into our lives happened a little after that. Okay, okay. Good, good answer. Uh, Fresh Friend, I was listening to Summertime over the weekend and I couldn't find it just under Will Smith. I had to search. DJ Jazzy Jeff, <laughs> the DJ. I'm the DJ, he's the rapper. Classic vibes, yeah. So, uh, uh, debate that I've been having a lot, and I think it's maybe because, like, the millennials, I was born in 87, Brooklyn, New York, what up, what up? Yeah, 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 <laughs> Yeah, but, um, a debate, I guess it's because of now, because we have so much access with the internet and everything, like, nowadays, School is very important. It really is. Like, you need to go to school. It really helps you in life. But it seems like now with the Internet, you could kind of learn a trade or learn really what you want to go towards or ding ding podcast like we do now and things like that. So where do you guys stand on the school versus career debate? Like, for somebody getting out of school, it's the summertime now. Do you feel like maybe you need to go straight into school or, like, Maybe you should focus on your career because for some people, it's a money pit. A lot of people, unfortunately, they go to school and then they get out and then they don't have a job. They end up moving back home and it just doesn't really work out for them. Versus like, hey, I know I want to podcast. I know I want to be a photographer. I know I want to do this. Let me put my time in money. If I dedicate four years of school and money, what if I dedicated four years and money and time into my own career. Where do you guys stand on that debate? Because I feel like school is really great for networking, and I learned especially from you guys' podcast, from Duce Palooza to Rory, all these people that went to school, they kind of, the networking was more important, it seemed like, than the actual school. But where do you guys stand on that debate as far as today? Because when we were growing up, it seemed like school was, like, the exact way. Like, you have to do the school. Yeah, I feel like when I was growing up, it was, there was no other option. Um, you know, you went to school for, uh, 16 years or whatever, 13 years, and then you went straight to college. Like, that was, that was it. When I did go to college, though, you know, I didn't necessarily go to class. I didn't necessarily take the classes that I probably should have taken. Um, so I think looking back, I, I wish that I had gone in with more of a purpose um, or found a place that really I could have um, 
exploited my talents in in a a real and good way. Um, I spent most of my time hanging out with people that I don't talk to anymore. But that being the case, I think that, you know, school, it, it, it's a money thing and it is a, um, it's a personality thing. I think that a lot of people are like, school isn't for me and that's okay. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, you brought up an interesting point of that kids these days probably go to YouTube to learn skills or to, um, you know, get tutored in different things. Like, you know, Eric will watch different videos of people restoring cars, and that's one way to to learn something. But I think that school is really important in that it's such a focused way of learning um, as opposed to YouTube. You can be on your phone, you know, while watching YouTube. I mean, you could also be on your phone while while going to class too, I guess, but – I just think that whatever you do, wherever you're trying to learn from, I think that you have to put your all into it. Otherwise, um, it's sort of a waste of time. Yeah, I think that from the standpoint of networking, I, I think one can network wherever. You know, I don't think that Jeff, you know, runs into people from Boston University and, and says, you know, gives a, a, a certain handshake and then it's like, you know, Jeff has a leg up or something like that. And I certainly don't you know, go to, you know, the Syracuse, you know, meetups or something like that and, and you know, get to a, a better place in this business because of that. I, I think that um, it's school is evolving, um, and I'm not sure that it's um, as necessary. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure that it's as necessary right now. Um, if it was free, like some candidates, uh, running for president would like it to be, um, then it's a different story. But if, if it is such a sacrifice of just tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars for something that, you know, may or may not pay off, I'm not sure that it's worth it. Well, but then by that token, and not to derail this entire podcast, but if it's free, which is something that I have always been supportive of, but now that we're talking about it, do people then say, you know, it's free and so therefore I shouldn't care. You know, like that that is something that you can just like sort of not put your all into. I would say that there's a lot of people who go to college and pay a lot of money and still don't care. Oh I agree. <laughs> so so I think that it's like if you can learn at the hand of a master, I think that's valuable. Um but you could do that without college, right? I think where the the really um you know and, and people could take like uh uh, a, a year off and travel or whatever. And I think there's value in that. But um, I think the real important thing that comes from college is being around your peers and being adults together and making good choices together, making bad choices together, but making it together. And I think that's where you really grow. And um, that's the value. Now, should you pay tens and tens of thousand dollars to have your kid hang out? I don't know. Unsure. Probably not. Yeah, it's just like there's no right or wrong answer. I feel like that's why I ask a lot of people, and people our age, like, we grew up like school, school, school is banged in our head. But um, I watched a podcast, uh, well, an interview, I heard of this guy called The Humble Poet on The Breakfast Club, and it's like unlearned, and it just feels like a lot of people are unlearning certain things. Like, school's not for everybody. Some people are just not great at it, but they can be great yeah, at I other think- things. I think yeah, if you're if, if you're listening to us right now and you're like, well, 
where did these two guys learn their skills? I think we learned our skills throughout throughout our years, right? It wasn't like we went to college and studied to be hip-hop sketch comedians. That's just not the case. Um, but I think we, we learned certain things as we grew into adults that have paid off in terms of how we operate um, our business and how we navigate through um, the circles that we run in or the ones that we aspire to be in. And um, those can't necessarily be taught. They have to be experienced. So um, I think that that it depends person to person. I think it's, as we've all agreed upon right now, it's just not as necessary or important as maybe as it was, you know, whatever, a, a decade ago, two decades ago, three decades ago. But uh, will it continue to go that way? To be seen. Yeah, it's going to be a 50-50 on that one. Some people are going to be with us, and some people are going to think we're done with hell. So say it's true. Hey, man, welcome to the Internet. (laughs) Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the Internet, everybody's a victim. But moving right along, but not moving right along on a serious note, I just really feel like in this world, how you grow up really plays a part of your life, and really your home life plays a part in your parents. And for you guys, parents, for what I've learned over the years, you guys have some great parents. Go check out episode 250 of a very special guest, one of the Thank top you, in the yeah. game, killing him in the game, you heard? Yeah. <laughs> My Dukes, uh, go check out 250 if y'all want to know somebody special. And I just feel like me and my wife talk all the time that, like, really your home life carries with you throughout your life. And if you had a bad one, it affects you that way. If you had a good one, it affects you that way. Your guys' parents seem so supportive. And maybe if they didn't even understand, they were still supportive. And uh, most of all, I want to say to you guys, rest in peace to your dad. Uh, Thank you very much. A beautiful, beautiful gentleman, and he raised you guys. And from hearing your mom talk and, like, being supportive, listening to your podcast, Want to talk to Common? Want to talk to these different people? Like, hey, did you know I'm here? She got a shout out from Common. Shout out, Marjorie. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah, your mom's yeah. name again? Marjorie. Marjorie. Yes, yes, yes. She's yeah. a queen, and just yeah. your dad. It yeah. just, I just really want to say, man, you guys, parents, like, it's a heartwarming story to hear things like that. It really is. It truly is. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's um. It's important for us, uh, you know, Jeff talks about this a lot. Um, we want to, um, you know, not just be up here um, giving, you know, the platform totally over to to the guests each week. I think it's important that you guys, you know, know us and rock with us and understand where we came from and how we got to this point. And that's why you have episodes like 250 and 200 um, and the intros every week where you can get a better idea of, of who the other guys are on on this podcast. Yeah, it, it's just, I just, you know, want to always stop and take a moment and really congratulate and appreciate people, whether they're here or not here, and really give them the flowers while they're here or beyond, because those are beautiful yeah. folks, and you guys are best to have this life. Thank you, and thank you. And I, I, I want to say this, too. Um, you're absolutely right. Like, it could go either way. Um I think that we're so lucky that with our parents, um, you know, because there's, yeah, there's a million, you know, books out there and there's a million people who 
have their own experiences, but, uh, I, you know, to live it is something different and to come out the other side and, um, you know, we went to our mom's birthday dinner, uh, last week and, uh, she and our aunt were there and they were just raising a glass and, and, uh, and they were just like, not everyone has this and, and not everyone is, uh, so lucky to, to uh, have what we all have, and I think that we're we're very grateful, and we appreciate when it's recognized. So, thank you very much for for saying that and saying that here today. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, life is about a bunch of ups and downs and ebbs and flows, and I'm learning that patience is the hardest thing to practice, but it really is a good thing to practice. So, every time I see Madagascar, if you know what yeah. it's. Every time I see Madagascar, I'm like, holy shit. This dude had a whole concept for a movie. If you could talk briefly about how much that song, you say you would run away and write stories, and I don't know if you wrote it in between that time, but goddamn, Madagascar is the shit that you thought of. Talk your shit, King. Tell us no, about okay. Madagascar right. and Pixie. Okay, uh, I... I um I think <laughs> I think in life you're going to uh it's it, 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 it's it's a delicate balance. What do you put out there? What do you give to people? What do you hold back? What do you what do you you know just uh, save for yourself, right? And and I think that um when I was younger, when I was out of college and I was looking for any opportunity, um one of those ways that I saw in was to pitch an idea to, um, you know, one of the biggest animation companies out there, which was Fox Animation. And they happened to be in the town we were living in, White Plains, New York, half an hour from New York City. And I went over there with an idea, and I made this elaborate presentation to them, and I had a video concept with it. And it was a, I brought a friend of mine with me, and, you know, I, I did the song and dance, and and the idea was, a lot like Madagascar, which was not out yet, not announced yet, not written yet, not whatever. But um, they were like, it just won't work. It won't. It won't work to have different types of animals. Like we're in the type of business that has to do like, all right, a penguin movie, or ants. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. All ants. That's what we can figure out. We just have to do a billion of them. But it's that. It's not you know monkeys and elephants and giraffes and eagles and whatever the hell else. And uh, and so I ate that. I was like, all right, you know what? You guys are the professionals. You're right. And let me just walk with my tail between my legs back home and and start anew. And um, yeah, look, did did Madagascar come out? Yes. Was it a great success? Yes. For me, no. <laughs> but but I think that that what that told me was that, and the lesson I learned was that it's not the last idea, it's not the last good idea you're ever going to come up with. And nor is it that unique of an idea if it can be made later on. Um, by somebody else. By somebody else. And I think that even, you know, about an hour before we jumped on the phone with you, um, someone in an Instagram Live tuned in and said, hey, I listened back to your episode with the Kid Marrow from years ago. And I have a question. Did you ever happen to, like you mentioned on that podcast, 
get the rappers that you wanted, like Jim Jones, to come over and watch the um, primaries. The, the the primaries or the debates or whatever it was ahead of the 2016 election. And I thought to myself, well, that's funny because these Zamero go on to get Jim Jones and Cardi B on, on their thing. And it's like, well, all right. Yeah, well, Could that idea have been taken from us? Of course. Could it have been out in the air? Of course. Could it have been such an easy idea that anybody could have done it? Of course. So is it the last great idea that we're ever going to come up with? No. And the point is to keep thinking of different ideas that will continue to separate you from everybody else and do something that other people can't. Yeah, because something is going to hit. Even if it, you know, happens to be Madagascar and it hits for $500 million at the box office. Well, yeah, you guys don't miss it. You know, it's just 500 million. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's time change. Yeah, yeah, who gives a fuck? But did they get interviews early, early with Meg Thee Stallion? Did they just exactly. have Drake, Drake's dad? Did they have early Uzi? Did they have Cardi? Did they have pretty much the whole fucking Dreamville roster? No. So guess what, Madagascar? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a thing where we and Meg the Stallion go to Madagascar, and we're going to call it Mega, Megagascar. See, wait, what is remember what I was saying? Remember what I was saying a second ago, that they're not all great ideas, and there, there will be other good ones? <laughs> I think that's the case in part. That's a really good idea. I'm going to write it down. Okay, so our, our, right currently today, looking around, are the hot boys winning right now, or the hot girls? Oh, hold on. I saw that uh, Bagel Bagel Boss. Well, I mean, not not Bagel Boss. The guy who was at Bagel Boss. The guy, the guy who's five feet tall, who was throwing a fit. Why did you bring height into it? And then got thrown on the ground. He became a viral moment. I saw there was a post before. Yeah. This afternoon with him and a hot girl from a hot girl summer. Which means that it is a hot boy summer because <laughs> the boys are winning. Let's go! Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we are winning. Just want to clarify, man. So another thing. Check the scoreboard. Another thing. Uh, you guys, I know both are Kanye fans, but uh, you got a chance to hang out with Kanye briefly. In your life, and it was an amazing run. I know you told about, like, you walked around with a video camera with him. You got to this early stuff of Kanye. And then now we see how Kanye plays out. Like, for me, lately, I've really been singing for old Kanye music, and I play it. And I just, they just had Trap Karaoke with Mouse Jones. Another yeah. guest on it's for real. There you go. Check out. But, uh, you know, and I just, I wanted to go up there and do slow jams, but I didn't really know the vibe of the crowd and if they were yeah. going to feel it. And it's just like, I miss the old Kanye. When he made that yep. on Pablo, it's like he already foreshadowed. It's like, yep. I just keep hoping and praying and wishing he gets back to the old him because he meant so much to the culture. He really did. He did it. it for me. Yeah. yeah. What did you say? I, no, I, I, a, a thousand percent agree with everything you just said. I don't know, besides fiending for his old music, because I've, I I personally haven't gotten there yet. Um, look, we're sitting in a room right now which has a giant picture of Jay-Z and Kanye West, um, you know, sitting on it right now. And it's something, that image means a lot to me. That time means a lot to me. Um, his music meant a great deal 
to both Jeff and myself. Um, and it was something where um, it was such an amazing run. It was such an unprecedented run and an unbelievable run. And you never thought it would end. And you certainly never thought it would end at his own hand. You know, he made the choices he made. And, and, and it made those of us who were dedicated to him, who forgave him for anything that he would do, even if he was in the wrong, uh, every reason to, to back down and say, you know what? It's, it's a step too far. And, um, and that's when you deal with real life stuff, you know, when he, when he treaded into the politics and, and stood up for Trump and went to the White House and wore the hat and, and spoke out on things that he clearly didn't know anything about and, and spoke on it for, for reasons that just didn't stand up. All that stuff just in 2019 isn't, isn't cool. And I, I don't mean like cool, like, I don't mean like cool, like how you dress or cool, like how you walk or something like that. It's not cool. Like it's not okay. Like, like it's not okay to play around with people's lives. Not when people are dying, not when people are being jailed, not when people are being kicked out of this country. This shit's like real. And for somebody who grew up at, at, at the knee of, uh, intelligent and learned people like his parents, and and then when he comes out and raps about that stuff and and stands for something and it seems genuine and true, it's nothing short of heartbreaking when all that is just taken away and it's from that person. It's like it's like, and this is it's not even weird to say this. He's like a supervillain, you know. You don't imagine that this can happen unless it's on a TV screen or a, or a movie screen or something like that. So, um, it's a real bummer. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I can now look at where I was, um, I can look at where I was back then when I was, um, around Kanye in 2005. And I can say that was a different time, you know, and it was a different person, and I had a different experience. Um, when I see people like John Monopoly or A-Track or Nabil or Don C or whoever, um, if if something comes up, it just seems like a different world. It doesn't seem like um, just anything that's relevant to my life now, you know. And that's sad. Yeah. That's sad. But I think that's also like a fact of life that. You know, you live your life in chapters, and you live your life in different periods. And for me, that was a time of my life. Um, and and I don't I don't listen to the music the same way. I don't even, I don't even like go to my you know computer to look for that music anymore. But that's yeah, it's just, it's it's just it means so much. You know, his music. You know, I was probably like in the ninth, tenth grade. The first song I heard. Uh, uh, I forgot what was the first, uh, through the wire, of course. That was the first song I heard. And then when I heard Slow Jam, I was like, oh shit, this dude is out of this world. And, uh, I don't know if you guys watch Stranger Things, but do you guys watch this season? Or do you I watch watched it? the first two seasons. I haven't, um, watched the third one only because I, I'm just, I'm so whatever on it. <laughs> 
Okay, but but just a metaphor. I'm not. I can't talk yeah. to you about this. But uh, just a metaphor. Like I really truly believe that when his mom died, he died. A part of him left with that, and you know, I just yeah, don't. Fair. You know, it's just like I. It's not to excuse because like me and you. Like I tell people all the time. I could be a great guy, but if I beat my wife and then people see it, they're like, fuck him. He's terrible. Yeah. Like, nobody likes him. Like, he's a piece of shit now. But it just is like, it's so sad to see, like, damn, that happened, and he really hasn't been the same ever since. It's like I said, if I hit my wife, they, it won't excuse none of it. They're going to look at me like a piece of shit. Like, yo, yeah. he's terrible. Fuck him. But I just really feel... When that happened, he was just like, he was gone. Like, he is no more Kanye. It is just like, it really, still to this day, affects him really, really yeah. bad. It's sad. Well, yeah, that, that he, you know, and I don't want to play like backseat psychiatrist, but, um, you know, here's somebody who probably blames himself for his mother's death and, you know, has made a bunch of decisions um, emotionally off of that. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I wish that he would go to therapy or at least talk to somebody. I know that he said that uh, therapy was not for him. But I do think that he might find it, you know, helpful. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Time to queue up the outstanding. Shout out to Joe Button Podcast. <laughs> but um, another note. How did you guys get into podcasts? Because I know you were hip-hop sketch comedians. You guys oh, yep. worked in MTV. You guys did everything. Big Prince yeah. of Bun B. It, it seemed like that one, that song, and video yep. really got UPS is hiring. Everybody go yep. check it out. These guys have been in the game for a very long time. So you did the hip-hop sketch comedy situations, but how did you guys think to transfer over in the podcast? And how did you get so, into it? Well, originally... Um, we did a podcast back in like 2010, 2009, I want to say, um, when it was like hard <laughs> to do podcasting, um, when it, it felt like, you know, walking uphill both ways in the snow and it like took like 17 hours to, and 17 different steps to, to get your podcast on the internet. <laughs> but, um, and we were, we were friends with this guy at the time and he brought the idea to us and there was maybe like one or two other podcasts at the time. And, you know, we did it for a year. We did it um, every single week. Uh, it was a bi-coastal thing. We would do it at his place in L.A., like eight episodes in a weekend, and then we would bank them and put them out week by week. And then when we were in New York, we would record like eight or 12 in a weekend. And, you know, it was it was a lot of work. And um, and I don't know that we saw the the rewards from it at that time. And so people would talk about it online, for years after, like, bring back that podcast, but it was nothing that we wanted to revisit. And then in 2015, after we sold a TV show and our agents at the time, when we had agents, they were like, you need to do something to keep your name out there every week while we're in all these, like, TV negotiations, which are going to take forever. And they brought up the idea of doing a podcast again. We were like, absolutely not. Like, we already did that. We don't want to move backwards. We, this is, you know, we're, we're, we're guys who like opening new doors and new creative ventures, not, you know, retreading the same water. And 
so we um we said no and then somehow somehow we said yes i don't i don't know how um but it became this thing that has taken on it's become the driver of our business in a way that i think neither of us expected well okay so and i think i think a, a big thing too about the podcast is how we are seen now as more than just the funny guys and i i think we made a conscious effort to put value into um, the re-listening of an episode. Um, because what we do is tell a person's story um, and really get into the mind and the experiences of a person and their life, there is uh, something special about being able to go back and listening to that episode whenever, whether that's Cardi or Uzi or Jadakiss or Meg Thee Stallion on Mega Gascar. There you go. Or, you know, Wiz Khalifa <laughs> or Jamel Hill or, or whoever. Action Bronson and Rockefeller and whatever. And, and over the course of four years or however long we've been doing it, um, people have given it this status. They've placed this, this, this they put it on a pedestal. They do. They, they they put like a crown on it and say like, well, this is valuable. And it's something that I think you don't realize while you're doing it. You sit here, you have a conversation, you put it out into the world, and you hope that you get a good response from it. Um, and we've done that, but we've always felt like we don't get the credit that maybe we deserve. And sometimes we'll talk about that on Twitter or Instagram or something. And one of those times, we put out a statement that said we're the most slept on, even though we've had all these cool guests. And Bun B, as you just mentioned, our longtime friend and collaborator, who really is on a pedestal and really is, you know, uh, a, a crown-wearing an actual legend. Yeah, person in this culture. Yeah. Um, he said, he commented, with no provocation, he said, history is watching. And um, that probably had the, the, the most profound effect on me in that moment because you don't think about it while you're talking into a microphone. But if the work that you're doing is for the ages, that's bigger than, than us. And that's, that's really dope. And like Jeff said, we could never imagine that. And it's really cool. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to do other cool things. And it doesn't mean that we're not funny anymore. And it doesn't mean that we can't, um, you know, uh, do new and exciting things moving forward. But uh, for what it is, we are extremely pleased with, with it. And we're glad that the reaction's been so dope. No, and I, I think the real people that appreciate you guys, and I mean, obviously your fans and your listeners and what I've learned over the years, that I like to go to concerts and different things. And the people that have smaller venues or not as big like the Anthony Hamiltons or right now the up-and-coming jigs and stuff like that, when you have a core like J. Cole who just had the college 
kids, he had that core. That means the most. And I think you guys' core, like myself, really appreciate it. Like, I got the ride book. I had to try to come see you guys. Uh, appreciate it. I, I, Cam Kurt Studios. I started going there because of you guys. I, I didn't know shit about it. They're celebrating their two-year anniversary. I learned how – I took a photography class from you guys. Uh, That's so dope. You know, really dope. Every, everything – like, I learned so much from you guys. Meg the Stallion, big old freak wasn't out yet. And which I feel like y'all are really underrated with that. Like, hey, like, we catch people early, real early. Y'all had Jig. Jig is about to fucking blow. I went to a concert of his, like, two, three weeks ago. Ari Lennox about to blow. Y'all had the whole Dreamville, besides J. Cole, pretty much on the podcast. Bye. Yeah. Everybody. We had rocked that 2000. Everybody, I'm just telling you guys that that right there is an example of how you guys. So when you ever feeling down, just know it's people like me and it's other people out there that you may not know. I got the idea of how to set up my fucking podcast from you guys as live. Some guy <laughs> randomly put in like, "Oh, you set up a RSS and SoundCloud." I learned how to podcast from you guys. I learned how to shoot photos from you guys. So. Whenever you, See, you don't have to go to college, you can just now. listen to us. <laughs> See, yeah, you're the PhD and it's the real, you dig? Yeah, but <laughs> I'm letting you guys know, like, these are three examples for me learning Cam Kirk Studios and shooting photos. Like, I got pictures of, uh, what's his name, DJ Eskimo from Cam Kirk and all kinds of things and just learning, learning how to uh, put an RSS feed to SoundCloud. And creating an RSS through through you guys. So whenever you're feeling down, and, and it's a machine. When you're not a part of the machine because you guys are independent, and when you're not a part of that machine, it's hard as shit. But just know yeah. there's people like me that get so much from you guys that you got to keep going on them days where it feels like nobody gives a fuck. I know you guys had the early Cardi interviews. And you know what? You guys have some of the best interviews because you don't ask the – so, how's the album? How's this? How's that? What's the color of the day? All right, and you heard the same fucking interview five million times. They do New York media, and you heard them answer five different ways on ten different interviews. You guys, that read, being said, could, yeah, the color of the day is a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, but you can. I I don't see uh, the visuals of the podcast, but I can hear and feel them loosening up besides yeah. the Migos. But hey, that's a whole other day. That's a whole other topic for all the other day. But right. I can feel the guys, the people that you bring in, even comment like, oh, shit, you guys are kind of cool. And even like for some black artists or something like that that don't really know you guys, they come in there, especially when you hit them with the, they're like, what the fuck is this? But then they, Realize, like, hey, this is cool. This is different. So you guys, man, it, it, it takes, when you think about it, like, you know, back with Muhammad Ali and all the civil rights people, people thought of Martin Luther King like an asshole, and he just wants to incite riots and this and that. Uh, Muhammad Ali lost his title and couldn't fight, was almost poor or was living poor. But later on in life, we look at Ali and these people as great but during, when you're going through and you're going through it and you're second-guessing yourself, you don't know. But I, I just want to keep you guys motivated. 
So you guys, thank you very much. I think, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think that um, we're also very excited about the journey of something, um, not necessarily the the finish line. Um, and I think that uh, it's certainly become a rallying cry for a lot of people since Nipsey Hussle passed um, to talk about the marathon and, and the marathon continues. And I think the bigger idea that hopefully everyone understands is that it is about that long run and it's about everything that comes with it. It's about the excitement. It's about the pressure. It's about the work that you put in. It's about the muscles that hurt. It's about your brain that's hurting. It's about thinking that, man, there's a long way to go, but you're going to get there eventually. And when you do get there, you'll look back and be like, I did all of this. And that's how we've looked at our career. We're 12 years in. Um, can't say that any of it's been easy, um, but a lot of it has been fun. And I think that that, is what you're going to find if you look at whatever we put our name on, that it's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun. And, uh, and we're really, you know, pleased with how the journey's gone so far. Yeah, you guys, man, y'all really work hard. The 12-day podcast, you know, do that shit. Oh, my God, damn, this must be really hard. Speak about, like, how hard it is because I, I – one of you guys, or maybe just on y'all page, y'all put, like, it takes a hundred no's sometimes to get there. Yeah, speak about, like, how hard it is sometimes to get somebody or to have somebody and they decline on you at the last minute. I think that, um, you know, so we reach out to a bunch of people. Like, uh, well, let me let me start over, actually. There's this perception online that we can get anybody we want to be on our podcast. And so I put up that thing saying how you'll hear no a hundred times and how, you know, people won't show up to your apartment um, or wherever you record your studio, you know, wherever you record. Um, and you'll be, you'll be the only one sitting there. Um, Eric and I are the only ones who, you know, when, when the artist canceled uh, two weeks ago, five minutes before they were going to show up, we were we were sitting here. We had been sitting here all day. Um, it happened again the following week, and that you know that was a very humbling, humbling three weeks because we were we were riding high. We we had gotten Trevor Noah, then Common, then Drake's dad, then ASAP Ferg all in a row, and we were like feeling like hot shit. And then we got canceled on twice in a row by these two big names, and we were just like, damn. And so. Yeah. You know, every time that you feel like you've made it, you sort of have to reevaluate and reassess and, and remember that you're only as good as your last, the last thing you put out, or you're only as good as, um, you know, that day. Um, you have to prove yourself every single day when you work for yourself. And so I think that, um, you know, there are, there are days when certain artists, because we, we do have guests on our podcast, and there are days when certain artists come around and they will finally do it. Um, I don't want to speak too soon, but Big Crit came around today. and After four years of asking. 
And so, like, you know, that feels good. Um, but then again, he might not even show up. So, like, you know, who knows? And I think uh, just to sort of speak on the 12 Days of Podcast, um, that's something that we used as a chance to separate ourselves from everyone else. I think um, you never want to do what everyone else does. And when it comes to podcasting, there's a lot of people who put episodes out on a weekly basis. And um, a lot of people can get used to that. And a lot of people want them for their commute or their work breaks or to go to sleep to or whatever. And it's on a regular schedule. And I think that when people go off that schedule, especially around holiday times in December, Jeff looked at that and was like, here's a chance for us to flood the market, for us to be there when other podcasts couldn't be. Well, also, you know, there was this thing where we wanted to thank people for rocking with us all year. And, like, why wouldn't we go extra hard for the people who have been rocking with us? You know, like, why why would we take off just because everybody else does? And so what that meant was, like, if nobody else is around, we will be there for you. And so what that meant was, 12 podcasts in 12 days, just like it sounds. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to book the guests. To Well, especially last year. Last year, and, you know, every year we always have these plans of, like, oh, we really should have a stack of episodes just, like, ready to go so it's not such a burden. Um, but it never happens. Um, and or so, it just works out in different ways. So, like, last, last year we, we were so far ahead and then – we ended up getting, like, it, it was day up for every single episode. So I think, you know, hopefully this year is easier. Um, right now we're a few episodes ahead. There's a lot of good intent there, and there's, I think, a good return on it, and um, we're we're excited by it still, and um, and we're glad that that you appreciate it and that other people appreciate it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I know we uh, pressed the time. So I'm going to just start running through the last couple of questions I got for you guys. Um, what is the biggest almost guest you ever had? Like the biggest one. Like I, we almost had them, but it just didn't work out. Um, biggest uh, almost guest. Uh, we've almost gotten Fonsworth Bentley. Um, we've almost gotten um, Lil Boozy. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, TJ Khaled. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Questlove, um... But that's for something else. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we almost had, uh, uh, trying to think. Should we make some up? No, <laughs> no. I, we almost had Mustard. We almost had Herb Gotti. Um, but we have a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And some of them will come back. Yeah, yeah, you guys will get big crit. Hey, we'll see, we'll see. Um, so for me, I'm like a finance guy, and I'm always yeah. thinking about finances while I'm supporting my dreams. I've always wondered, it was a big question, how do you guys, congratulations on the new apartment, I need to get you guys a housewarming gift. How Thank do you guys you. make money? That living room, it's like, oh, y'all not in the kitchen. I guess that's like a joke now for people that yeah. did on a podcast like Ferg recently, how do yep. you guys support yourselves while doing the podcast? Or is that's the main source of money through the podcast? Well, I mean, like, you know, the podcast, it, we have had ads on it. Um, we've also 
you know, over the course of uh, 12 years, we've taken a lot of dumb jobs that we haven't advertised. <laughs> um, you know, I was a magician's assistant off of Craigslist. That is a true story. That is a true story. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the <laughs> time to, to tell the whole story we've, right now. We've written dumb lists for Complex. We've, you yeah, know. you know, or or even like you know, there were jobs that I did enjoy. Like I wrote a bunch of cover stories for different magazines yeah. and stuff. We've so, written for TV shows. We've we've gotten you know some some nice paychecks. But um, that being said, luckily this apartment costs exactly the same as our old one. Yeah. So, so it's a nice look at us dummies for staying in the last one for so long. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. You know what? I always wanted to ask you too. I really feel like. You guys do a really good job, because for, for me, you know, like, black experience, being a black man, you guys do a really good job of, like, I never hear no fugazi, weird shit from you guys about the culture and being in the culture. And I'm pretty sure the locks, especially Styles P, specifically would sniff that shit out. Have you guys did any, like, side jokes or anything? How hard is it sometimes, well, not really hard or, like, do you feel like you guys, like, you know, it's like a stigma about you guys or something like that when you come around because so many people have been jerked around by different white people or Jewish people in the culture. Like, how do you guys walk that thin line? So you guys do a great – I've never heard, like, something – like, girl, I was like, oh, that's pretty weird for you guys to say that. And I'm telling you, like being around Styles P, you will not let that shit off. How do you guys like? I think I think the answer is you just care about the culture. But how do you guys really tell that? Like you never. I mean, never. I've never heard, and I really well, want to thank and appreciate y'all for that. No, well, thank you for saying that. Um, for us, it's not about not hearing it because it just doesn't exist. Um, you know, even when we were doing um, videos on a weekly basis. Um, of the sketch variety, we weren't in the business of towing a line of disrespect. I think anything that we wanted to do was meant with respect. Um, and you could be funny and respectful, and you could be serious and respectful, and you could do honest work. But at the end of the day, we both wanted to walk around and show our faces around here. And we revere this business and this culture so much that why would you want to even play? Like, why do you want to, like, threaten that? Um, it just never made sense to me. And yeah. I think in terms of um, why you haven't, you know, seen us do anything crazy over 12 years or say anything stupid, it's like, you know, there's the bar for, for doing the right thing is so low that um, – that's it. I think the bar is just so low, um, and luckily we don't we don't go lower than the bar. Um, yeah. you know, I think that we're we're two guys who are very respectful. I think that we're two guys who um, have just picked up the right lessons from everything that's come before us, and I think that we're two guys who work to to listen more than we talk. Um, and there's a lot of people out there who talk more than they listen. Um, and that's that's sort of it, you know. Like people are people are dumb and people are loud. Yeah, I just really thank y'all and just you know I really listen for stuff like that. And you guys joke a lot, so that shows that it's just you guys. Y'all are not like that, so it's no like looking for that. Like oh, let's see if he's gonna say this, do that. 
you guys are funny and you guys are you. That's it. That's the best way. You're not something like, oh, I'm just doing this. I'm just trying to invade their culture. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to say, you guys just want to invade the culture. No. You guys are all part of the culture for real. The culture has no real color. It, it, the culture is hip-hop. The culture is what we love and people that love it back. But unfortunately, a lot of people take advantage of the culture and hurt it. And it makes it hard for sometimes for white people or Jewish people, whatever. Like, it makes it hard for you guys unfairly sometimes. And I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for this podcast interview, for everything. And one last thing, since you guys are really, really good at AKA, I want to test you guys. Huh? So Trey Funk is known as AKA Mr. Kill Your Girl. Oh, in uh, Winston, it's 50, a.k.a. Ferrari, at 50. Break it down. <laughs> Let's go. And one last one, Little Bow Wow, Mr. Who is back? 106? <laughs> Thank you, guys, man. This shit is a pleasure. Hey, we got it done. I had so much to talk to you about, but I got the main stuff out, man. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, man, I look forward to much. I got my rhyme book in hand. I wrote everything down in it. Um, shout out to your mom. Shout out to your brother. I need some tickets, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey, just keep doing y'all, man. Keep your hands high. And like Nipsey, man, the marathon continues, man. We just got to keep right. going. Yeah, let me just say, let me just say, we appreciate you for um, all of your your questions today, all of your interest throughout as long as you've been rocking with us um, for for coming up to us in Atlanta for saying what's up because because not a lot of people do for responding to Jeff's call for um, people who would be interested in hearing our story um, last week for uh, being a genuine dude, for being a, a really loyal supporter to us and a great friend to us. And um, we're looking forward to part two whenever that uh, comes up in the near future. And um, and thanks. Thanks. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky, Eric, Jeff. It was a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your night. And it's the real. Thank you. All right. All right. Take care. Peace.